This is Guarding Your Nest Egg Podcast. Join the conversation at guardingyournestegg.com. And coming up on this episode, we'll talk about how the market's been doing so far and what Mike is eyeing for the rest of the year. Plus, what many are buzzing about when it comes to the Biden administration's ESG investment priorities, basically socially conscious investing, the pros and cons. But before we get to all of that, for some reason, I have pets top of mind. According to a study from Cornell University, here's a fun fact, petting a kitty cat or puppy dog for about 10 minutes can help relieve stress. Now, Mike, you have your German shepherds. Do you ever go outside and go, I need to relieve stress. Let me pet the boys. For me personally, uh, yes. Sherman and Ash are stress relievers for me. But I wouldn't what, say for that, me the, last, would, the first time I went to your house. I wouldn't say other people no. who visit. I, I think they <laughs> add stress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to their, uh, Katie had some friends come over for the weekend and uh, it's just, you know, we get busy. We hadn't seen them for a while. And they came in the driveway, and I noticed they were just sitting in their car, and they wouldn't get out. <laughs> and they didn't know I'd put the dogs up. Uh, oh. You know, and it's so funny. I, I think, you remember, I think our listeners will, Magnum P.I., you know. Yes. And, and, and Higgins always called them the lads. You That's know, right. So, and uh, Tom Selleck, I mean, Magnum always had to worry Famous about where, they, where the lads were, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you come in. So it's kind of like it is when you come over. Like, I, they're not Dobermans, but they're German Shepherds. And you got to wonder where the lads are when you pull up. <laughs> and um, so my buddy and his wife and kids can, they wouldn't get out of their car. And they didn't realize I had put the lads away. And away just means kennel. And they love their kennel. I'm like, hey, kennel. And they run right in there and he closes. It's fine. But I had to walk out there and assure them that the lads were not going to greet them. So they provide me with a lot of comfort in the sense that they're just big, you know, and, and they're, they're very also loving. really sweet. Uh, they are really sweet. Once they know approve you're of not, you. Once they approve of you. <laughs> it's more once I approve of you. Oh, there's then, that too. There's that part. Yeah. Once they figure out, it's like, hey, dad said uh, that's not a problem. Next thing you know, they're you got 110 pounds leaning on you, which is probably more than you want. Um, but yeah, they're doing their job. They're super sweet. And yes. uh, it just depends on your perspective, I guess. Well, you got to do what you got to do to maintain feeling like safe and relaxed. And maybe that is petting a puppy dog or kitty cat. And maybe that is looking at the stock market so far. From what I've read, markets in 2023 have had the best start to a year in decades. The S&P 500 closed out January up almost 8% and the Nasdaq up almost 10%. And this happened as the Fed just raised rates another quarter of a point. I mean, Mike, in your experience, do you think that this means we can sort of let our guard down just a little bit, settle in with where we are with our investment accounts? You know me, Kristen. I mean, I am I find the silver lining in just about anything. True. And even our friends would tell you that it's just I don't. it's almost annoying how much you do that because it's like, come on, be real. I want things to be I, like I, I want people to do well. I want thing you know. I, I just want nice things for people. Mostly nice people. I don't know that I want nice things for bad people, but I want nice <laughs> things for good people. So I'm a little you know yeah. jaded when it comes to that. But you know when it comes to just news and I guess I like that January was a good month for the market in the sense that it helped individuals with hanging their portfolios get a little back. I mean, they, they had just really gotten beaten up in 2022. So mm-hmm. 
we get a little bit of a bounce in uh, in January, and I think that that's been helpful. So, so I feel good about that. I don't feel good about the advisors that are looking at it as a win in the sense that they told people to hang in there for 2022, and it was basically they were wrong the entire time. You know, mm. and it just uh, not every month, but you know, for the most part, they were mm-hmm. wrong. I'd hate to think that any advisor would look at January of 2023 and go, "Hey, see, I told you so." You know, like mm. it just doesn't. I don't like that aspect of it. I want to look at it and say, hey, if you've been hanging in there, great. January helped you out a little bit. But we're not out of the woods. Markets, just like markets don't go straight up, they don't go straight down. And I have a feeling you're about to bring us back down to reality. Uh, Yes. There's a lot of bad news out there. Companies are pulling back. We're already seeing layoffs. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Fed is kind of an outlier. I mean, if the Fed came in and said, all right, we're not going to raise interest rates anymore. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty good for markets. But I don't know. It doesn't seem to be a catalyst for them to do that because they've already come out and said, hey, it's going to be painful. We're going to slow this economy down a lot. So I think I'd look at January and say, well, that was better than most of 2022, but now what am I going to do in February? What am I going to do in March? What am I going to do here in in, in sort of the first or second quarter of 2023? Things don't look very good, but a lot of people have ridden positions down in their portfolios and and they're saying to themselves, again, because we're having these conversations, it's this idea that it's not really a loss unless you make a change, right? I'm just going to sit and wait for it to come back. And then when it comes back, then maybe they'll have a conversation about doing something different. When it comes to true active management of your portfolio, certainly it's not about hanging in there, but it's also not about like, I mean, if you have a position that did poorly, that doesn't mean it's the same position that's gonna do well when markets recover. So it's about having somebody do an analysis of all the positions in your portfolio. We certainly like to try to help our clients understand those positions, right? And Mm -hmm. and usually our clients don't wanna go way into the weeds. We're happy to do it. The engineer ones a, like to. Yeah, we've got a lot of engineers that work with us. And so we're happy to get way in the weeds and, you know, do the math and all on it. But then we also have a lot of people who, you know, built their own businesses or were, they weren't in financial services or maybe it's school teachers or doctors or attorneys. or I mean, it, it doesn't really matter where you came from. Sometimes it's just not your cup of tea to get way far in the weeds on how things work. You just want to work with somebody that can help. And as long as they can provide value, meaning, well, if you can show me higher rates of return, net of a fee to manage the portfolio, then you're providing value and I might like to work with you. But I think returns are one thing. Certainly our clients are looking for the best return they can get. Um, Volatility, though, I think might, I don't want to say it's more important, but it it, it might be for a lot of clients. They just want to see, I I just can't stomach the volatility of the stock market. Mm. These ups and downs and trying to figure out can I pull money out of my account? Can I, can I not pull money out of my account? How much can I pull out without running out of money? You know, what happens if this, what happens if that? There's a lot that goes into financial planning. And the, the, the main thing to be successful is to get returns as high as you can, but also the volatility. You have to reduce volatility quite a bit because if you can get a return that has a low volatility, in our business, we refer to it as standard deviation. That's, but again, that's math for the engineers, right? Mm-hmm. If we can do that, then you're going to be more successful in retirement. So not every year is going to be good in the market. Not every year is going to be bad in the market. But if we can 
find a way to help people understand how it works, understand how much they can pull out without running out of money, look at inflation, look at taxes, and put together a plan that says, hey, listen, here's how much you can spend without running out of money, regardless of how long you live. We usually run plans to say like 95. That's what the comprehensive financial plan is all about. And Again, we're not selling products. I mean, I, I, I keep, I'll hear competitors on radio or, or doing advertisements trying to sell people annuities as like, here's how we're going to fix your problem. That's not going to fix the problem, folks. It's a product. If somebody's trying to sell you an annuity, part of a financial plan, or somebody's telling you to hang in there, what we're doing is giving you the opportunity. If, if you like what we're talking about, come kick the tires. We'll give you a second opinion, right? Or just an mm-hmm. analysis. It's completely complimentary. You walk out of our office with a written financial plan and analysis. You can go implement it on your own if you like. That's fine. Take it to your current financial if you like. We don't care. If you feel like we're providing value and you want us to help you with it, you can hire us to do that. But I just don't want anybody that's out there that's either retired or close to it to make a decision based on hang in there or some kind of a financial product. Going back to the advocacy part, Kristen, Mm -hmm. yeah, we own a business and we can't quite claim to be consumer advocates because we run a financial firm. Right. We're listening. But I do advocates. but I do want to be advocates for retirees or people close to it. And whether you work with us or not, if we can keep you from making a bad decision, that's worth it all day long. By the way, if you ever want to interact with the show, uh, maybe suggest a topic or link up with Mike and the rest of the fiduciaries at Talon Wealth, go to guardingyournestegg.com. So my perspective on this next conversation is I grew up on the coast, specifically the East Coast in South Carolina, living near the ocean. Certain environmental factors are right there in your face. So yeah, you recycle and pick up after yourself. Do what you can. It's not political at all. But for a while, there have been investors that prefer to practice socially conscious investing. I mean, that's cool because it's your money and your choice, whatever. But It comes up in conversation, yeah. But now, politics about the environment and other hot-button issues could be getting into our 401ks, Mike. I know you've heard about this, but just to make sure our listeners are all filled in, late last year, the Biden administration's Department of Labor unveiled a rule regarding environmental, social, and governance, also called ESG investment priorities, and it went into effect recently. It allows asset managers to include socially conscious stocks in 401k plans. And according to Fox Business, well, obviously they don't think this is a good thing, but they say this could impact the retirement funds of more than 152 million Americans. Now, knowing our listeners here on Guarding Your Nest Egg, I imagine more people are going to ask questions of their 401k administrator or possibly want to take more control of their 401k if they can after finding this out. Yes, Kristen, and we'll just dig into it a little bit. I, I mean, I think if somebody, if it's really, really important to you to invest in, you know, the, the ESG stuff or, I mean, I guess it's nice that it's an option. Sure. But our problem with those options isn't that it's environmentally conscious. It's that they just haven't done well. And so, and, and, and oh, or, really? or sometimes, yeah, it, it, and I'm not saying all of them, but if you go back and then there's a, sort of this push, and again, not to most of our listeners, but some people, you know, you might be encouraged to say, hey, listen, I want to make sure I'm doing something that's good for the environment. But then you go back and you look at the performance 
or the fees associated with, all the things that we're going to look at as a fee-only fiduciary firm, as a fiduciary, I'm going to look at investments and say, well, I'm more than happy to make sure that, that we're environmentally conscious when it comes to investments, but I am still going to compare it to all of the other investment options that are available. And if the environmentally responsible investments are either more expensive or underperforming, or, I mean, again, they just don't seem to be efficient investments, then I would just let, you know, the client or the listener make their own decision based on that. So we are more than happy to do that for you. Mm -hmm. It's just the efficiency so far at least hasn't been there. And our job, because when our clients do well, we do well, we do work specifically for our clients. So mm -hmm. when you give us an agenda, like this is what you want to accomplish and this is what's important to you, certainly we'll follow through with it. But yeah, this ruling where it has to be a part or it is a part of plans, I think that's okay. But you're still going to need somebody to let you know whether it's a good investment or not a good investment, because maybe it is good for the environment. Maybe they're saying it's good for the environment. It's not really good for the environment. Maybe it's just extremely inefficient and there's a better way to go about it. Okay, so um, I'm going to put yeah. myself in the shoes of someone that's about to retire in the next few years. My 401k mm -hmm. is pretty important to me, and it's most likely at work. And yeah. there's a 401k administrator that probably isn't even in the building and works far, far away for another company, I would assume. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm not going to sit down with that person one-on-one. -on -one. I never sat down with them when I made my selections originally. I'm taking this as they could make selections based on their thoughts and feelings without talking to me. Well, I think there's a real push to say, hey, listen, we're going to offer this in your portfolio. And then you need to be socially conscious or environmentally conscious about your investments. So you should try to move over to this investment because it is maybe mm. environmentally conscious. And then I think one of the issues is, well, is that good investment advice or bad investment advice? Well, if we use the environment as sort of a crutch to say, well, you should invest in this because it's good for the environment. And if we take away the, well, is it good for me or is it, it's this idea that it's, it's sort of woke, really, Kristen, and we're getting into the weeds here. I mean, I was waiting on one it, of us to say it. Yeah, but it, 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 it's this woke idea that, well, you need to do what's socially responsible for the environment and for, you know, your children and your grandchildren. I mean, that all sounds really, really great right up until you, you're broke in retirement yep. because you did these things and it didn't work, right? So, I mean, we could have invested back under the Obama administration and, you know, his buddies' battery companies that all completely failed, mm. right, when they were trying to make batteries. And if that was your retirement plan, you'd be nothing against a greeter at Walmart, right? But I mean, that's where you would be if that's you how you would be, invest yeah. it. So, you know, where we're at, there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to do right with your money and be, you know, certainly intentional with conscious what you're and supporting. Be intentional, yeah. Right. And we certainly talk to people who say, hey, listen, I want to make sure that I invest, but I don't like what China's doing, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, this latest thing with the with oh the balloon gosh. and all. Like, you know, we won't even go there, but people will say, "Hey, listen, you know, I will invest with you, but I gotta make sure it's U.S. based companies. I don't want anything to do with China." I mean, all of this, whatever your personal feelings are on investing, we're gonna let you know what we do and how we do it. It is active management. Yeah, maybe we tailor things right to somebody's personal opinion about certain things worldwide, whether it's environmental or whether it's foreign countries. 
But we still have to act as a fiduciary. And we still have to make sure we walk through ask. everything with you. Yeah. So we, you we're do, still gonna do, and that. you're going to, and so are the fiduciaries at Talon. But I think a lot of folks are concerned about what these huge 401k plan administrators are going to do. Are they going to still be a fiduciary? Well, gonna, and, my experience is they're not going to do anything. They're just going to say, hey, listen, here's your plan, and here's the buckets you can put money in. And you tell us there's just not going to be guidance. So. Mm. Christian, we love helping people with their 401ks. If you're 59 and a half or older, chances are we can help you manage it privately. If you're under 59 and a half, maybe you have an orphan 401k. Let's talk about it. We can manage that privately. Maybe you're working for a company, you've been working there for a while. As long as you've got more than $250,000 set aside in your retirement plan at work, maybe it's a 401k, 403b, TSP account, chances are we can also help you within that plan manage it, hopefully make better decisions. Unfortunately, we can't help everyone. Our models and planning doesn't work for most people if it's under $250,000. But I know a lot of our listeners are sitting there with hang in their approaches on retirement plans at work. They're not quite 59 and a half. And they're just wondering what would it look like if I hired somebody to help me manage this? So one of our advisors spoke with a couple the other day in their late 50s that wants to make sure they're on track to retire when they're ready in a few years. A very normal appointment. And our mm-hmm. team is crunching those numbers and we'll be getting that comprehensive financial plan to them soon. They have grown children out of the house, but his mom is in her late 70s and lives out of state. And they said she has enough money. That's not the issue, but they do want her to come live with them soon. It sounds like they want just more time with mom. Are you and the other fiduciaries at Talon Wealth hearing more stories about baby boomers taking care of their parents for whatever reason during their own retirement years? I suspect in the situation that dad has passed, right? And mom That's what is. It sounds um, like, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like mom is living her own life. But obviously, the kids say, hey, listen, why don't you come move in with us? We just want to make sure things are okay. And, and certainly a plan that we put together for people over and over again. So it sounds like mom's maybe a widow. But there's also a scenario where there's a widower. And I think retirement can work really, really well, certainly if you're both there, right, as a, as a married couple. I think it can work, depending on where you live, if you're a widow or a widower. But I can also understand why kids would say, hey, listen, we want to bring mom or we want to bring dad closer. But if I'm in that situation and my kids are asking me to come move in with them, I just know from talking to a lot of people, they want to be independent. They want mm-hmm. to make sure they can, you know, just take care of themselves. They want to like, hey, I got no problem being closer to the kids and the grandkids. But the ability to be independent is going to be important for anyone, no matter if you're married, not married, mm-hmm. widow, widower, what have you. It's uh, good for your plan, health. It's good for your health. It's good for your mind. It's good for yeah. everything. And if you have a, a financial plan that you understand, and if you have a financial advisor that you trust, it's going to take away a lot of questions when it comes to will this work or won't work we want our clients to be confident no matter what it is they're looking to accomplish in retirement and that's why we provide written financial plans and that's also why we update those plans every year join the conversation now at guardingyournestegg.com 
Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and this station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or advisory services. Be sure to consult with a tax professional before implementing any investment strategy. Florida license number D056341. California license number 0N00828.